0: Well, good morning once again, church. How y'all doing out there? You doing good today? Come on, let's just give God's praise. God, I thank you, Father, for being here today. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm so excited that I get an opportunity to bring uh, the Word of God to you today. Uh, we are one church in four locations, and here we are today. And White Oak, and I believe God has something specifically to communicate with you. How many of y'all believe that God has something specifically for you today? Yes. Amen. I believe God's going to use the word we have today and, uh, and, and get to communicate with us. And uh, Pastor Nick, I just want to say you're, you're my, one of my heroes. And, uh, and um, you know, we always say in ministry that you need to hold who you are in Christ really, really tight. That means I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God first. We hold that so tight. Now, you can't pry that out of my hands. I'm a child of God. Now, what I do, my preaching or leading or anything I do, I hold that real loose. I say, God, you can do whatever you want with that. Because I know my identity and and who I am in Christ, but all the rest is loose. And I just want to encourage you today. Both of those take faith. It's all faith. It's all faith. We gotta hold tight to who we are and hold loose what we do. Amen. Amen. Beginning and becoming. Beginning and becoming. I um I had a an, an interesting situation come up this week. I was um I'm having dinner, uh, at a local place uh, with some student leaders from Murraysville, and and at the table next to us there was a family. There was two young, beautiful young little girls there, and a mom that was pregnant and and the dad sat across the table, and, and my wife was here, and we were having a discussion, so I I, I locked eyes with, with the man. I saw them a lot during our meal. And I left there really brokenhearted. I left there brokenhearted because um, they never communicated during the whole meal. There was never actually a, a conversation with the girls. And they were, you know, being little girls, they were coloring in crayons and they were moving. But dad just sat there looking at his phone. I'm not, I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I wasn't indignant. My heart just broke. My heart broke because here's, here's, a, here's a man with a tremendous potential to affect several lives. But he wasn't affecting those lives, he, and I don't know his situation. I don't know. His, I'm not judging that. I'm only. I'm only telling you what I saw. And what I saw in that moment was 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 a family that I mean they just weren't talking. They weren't even communicating, and it broke my heart. I left her really broken. I left her getting into my car and like like this is I'm just broken. And 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 it wasn't again. I don't want you to hear indignation or, or arrogance. I was like. Somebody needs to tell him that he has such a potential in Christ that 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 when you begin a relationship with God the Father and you become a follower, and this book becomes a life enhancer, a communication builder, it has power to change. And that that's what I wanted to like. That's what I wanted to say. And, and I know what you're saying. Why didn't you go over and say it to him? And then it was like. I was like, God, do you want me to? I was really wrestling. But I'm bringing that to you saying that I believe there's many people in this room right now, and there's many people that are in your lives that are just like that. They're waiting for the potential of Christ to be realized. And the potential in Christ is realized when we begin a relationship with God the Father through Jesus, and then we become more like Jesus. That's what the deal is. And so, so as we begin a relationship and as we become more like him, great things happen. But it requires faith. It's all faith. And so here we go. Let's launch out of Mark 3. Mark 3, 13. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and he called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And, and they came to him, and he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. And they were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach and giving them authority. Three significant words. They're, all words are important here. But called, he gave an invitation. That's what called is. Here's an invitation to you. He says, hey, I'm calling you. And I believe God is calling us today at Bridge City Church in White Oak right here and in, in our whole entire church today In all our locations, he's calling us and giving us an invitation. For some, it's an invitation to begin. And for some, it's an invitation to take your next step of faith. And what he wants to do is make something of our lives. Jesus wants to make something of our lives. Not me make something, but he wants to make something. And he wants to accompany us. He wants us to go with him. Isn't that so cool? That the God, the creator of the universe, invited us along with him. Now I want you to get this. This is like so awesome cool. We're not inviting Jesus to be a part of our lives. Jesus is is inviting us to be a part of his life. Big change. And that's why this is so cool here. And it's a life of faith. That's what it really is. But this this is it right here. Come on. Church is not an event to be attended, but it's a transformation to be experienced. See, so often we get events in our mind, and really what Jesus wants us to do is be transformed. And we're here today worshiping God, not just to attend an event, but we're here today because we get to participate with the creator of the universe. And we're gonna and we're gonna accompany him as we leave here, and he wants to go with us. But let me tell you, a faith journey is a messy journey. Many people say, "Like, man, if you just come to Christ, everything will be perfect, and you're gonna get whatever you want." I'm still waiting for that part, right? No, 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 no. It's messy, and it's inconvenient. yeah it, welcome to inconvenience here it's challenging and you know what we, we we make this statement a lot. It's like um hey, how you doing? I was like, I'm living the dream the I live in the dream I always told, I always ask people when you say that to me, whose dream are you living your dream or are you living God's dream for you? If my God in heaven loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us, follow me here. As a good father in heaven, I believe he has good intentions for us. Not mean intentions. It's like some people think like church was an idea God thought up to punish us. No! It's his idea to help us become more like his son Jesus. And so we have to flip that script in our mind. And I want to remind you today that God, our Father in heaven, has a dream for you. God has a dream for you. Not Pastor Rick, not Pastor Nick, not the church. God, the Father in heaven, has a dream for your life. I have five kids. I still have a dream for every one of their lives. They're all in their 20s, but I have a dream for them. How many parents do we have out there? Come on. Come on, dads, don't you have a dream for your kids? Didn't you have a purpose and a, and a hope for them? What makes us think God's any different? I think we need to tap into his dream. Tap into his plan. Tap into this faith. And so today I want to take you on a journey here um, into uh, Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to go through 11 verses. In Luke chapter 5, 11 verses, and talk about beginning. Beginning a relationship and becoming like Jesus. And um, and this is a, such a cool season. We're in a really, really cool season right now. Moving up to Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. This is a big deal. This is a really, really, really big deal. Come on, and when we and I want to not just grab a hold of that, but I'm just saying I think it's significant as we move into this. And so I want to talk to you today about a man named. Uh, Simon Peter. In many translations he's Simon, and his name gets changed to to Peter. on this rock, I will build my church. He was a follower of of Jesus, is one of the apostles. okay. And so who was this Simon Peter? First of all, I want to say that when we're going to pick it up in Luke five, this is the third encounter, that Simon Peter, I'm going, to, I'm going to use that terminology, Simon Peter had with Jesus at this time. The first one was in John 1, 42, when his brother Andrew said, you got to come meet Jesus. His brother, so he said, you got to come meet Jesus. And it was in that moment in John 1, where Jesus changed his name you know, from 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 Simon, it's also se- Cephas it, it places to, to Peter. Before he did anything to earn it, Jesus, I believe, was at work in his life. You gotta catch that. And then there's another point in Luke chapter four that that Jesus healed Peter, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Now I want you to catch this. There's there's different encounters that we have. Now, why am I telling you that today? Because if you know people in your life, friends and family, that you've been inviting to church and inviting to church and inviting to church one time, two times, three times, I want to remind you not to give up on them. Because it takes several encounters with Jesus before we begin to get it. How many encounters did it take you? I can think of several different encounters I had with Jesus. People invited me. I was participating until it clicked. I got a download from heaven. God put, put the mouse over download of my heart and click download. Yeah, he downloaded something in my heart. So don't give up on people. Don't give up on people of the one encounter, two encounters. And you're maybe here today, and you're saying, I'm trying to figure out who this Jesus is. And you've just had one encounter, two encounters. Just maybe your third encounter today. But let's not give up, but let's realize that this is all part of the process. Amen? But P- Simon Peter was a fisherman. Fisherman. He was like, and this is my, my terminology, he was a blue-collar, hard-working, ordinary guy. How many of y'all can re- relate to that? How many of you to This is just who he was right here. Um, he was enthusiastic, strong-willed, even brash at times. He had the right answer one moment, and he gave the wrong answer the next moment. Actually, he was an apostle, was preaching, and actually was corrected by the apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 3. I'm pointing out something. Even when we become followers of Jesus, we, uh, we're, we're never above getting adjusted and corrected. So you want to become like Jesus? Get used to making adjustments. Get used to like getting challenged in a good way. Hey, what do you really believe about that? Are you, are you with me now? Okay, y'all ready for the word now? Come on, here we go. Luke 5, 1. Here we go. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water, so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Now I just think it's so so hilarious that like Jesus gets in his boat and then says, "I'm going to use this." Do you catch that? Like he stepped into the boat, he's standing in the boat, and says, "Hey Simon, um, I want to use your boat." What do you tell Jesus at that point? What anybody would, right? How far off land do you want to go, right? Because remember, he encountered Jesus. This wasn't the first time, so he knew a little bit about him. Jesus steps into his boat, into his livelihood, into his and like, and I listen, I, I have no proof, but I just I always wonder this is how I, I read the word. I always wonder what Jesus found when he stepped into his boat. That's just my opinion. Again, I'm not I'm not preaching the word. I'm just saying, I just wonder. He'd probably find the same thing if he showed up at your house today and you weren't prepared for him, he would find the same thing that's in your house that he found in Peter's boat. Some of you got nervous. No, some of you are like, whoa, well, then well, no, I don't have anything to hide. But like, I wonder, like he didn't say, Simon Peter, once you stop cussing, I'm going to use your boat. Take this class, now I'm going to use your boat. You go do this, and now I'm going to use your boat. What I believe in, and there could be a symbolism here, that even before Simon Peter deserved it, Jesus got into his boat and began to use his livelihood and his identity for his purposes. And Jesus sits down and begins teaching here, even in the midst of this whole deal here. I mean, wow. Wow. So the big question is, is Jesus wants to step into some of your livelihoods? He wants to step into your life. He wants to step into your in in into who you really are. Not just your Sunday morning 75 minutes. Jesus wants to step into your life. How accessible is your boat to Jesus? How accessible? Oh yeah, Jesus, you're you 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 can have whatever you want. Ah, uh, but not on Tuesday. I kind of got plans on Tuesday. Yeah, Jesus, you, you can have whatever you want, but really, not my boat. You know, you could you can have access to other stuff. You can have access to my wife's stuff. Yeah, is that? Yeah, you know, and we separate we separate the holy from the secular. And Jesus stepped into his workplace. He stepped in right there. Now, unfortunately, many people, Jesus steps into their boat, and it's like Jesus begins to do something, and they stop there. That's as far as they go. But if we're going to take a step of faith, we have to keep reading, and we're going to learn what we want to do here. Because faith is a challenge. There will never be growth without faith and faith usually means a challenge. Have you ever prayed, God, increase my faith? Yep. How many of y'all realize that was not a good prayer? Because right. your faith will get challenged, so you have an opportunity to grow. Right. right? And so here we go. Let's let's keep going here. In verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let... Down our nets again. Now, mind you, they were what they were their nets, they were washing them, mending them, cleaning them at this point. That means their, their fishing time at night was over. They didn't catch anything. They're all wrapped up, cleaned up. And I'm going to tell you, every time that Jesus asks us to take a step of faith, there will be a natural inclination and an excuse of why you shouldn't. Hey, I'm all cleaned up here, Jesus. I wrapped up for the night. The fish aren't biting. I cleaned up the nets. They're all folded up. They're ready for tomorrow. I don't want to unfold them because then we're going to have to fold them again. Do you get, Jesus, what you're asking of me? I mean, come on. How many of you, that would, that would have been my response. Do you realize what I just did? You couldn't have told me before we washed all the nets. Right? See, there's a natural inclination that hinders us from taking a step of faith. And Jesus is inviting him into his life now. He didn't didn't say, get to synagogue and we'll see what happens. He says, no, something's going to happen here. Go out and let down your nets. So here's a carpenter telling a fisherman what to do. This is why it takes faith. Faith will go against your natural inclination, and it will challenge you. See, see, we think faith is taking a chance on Jesus. I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to take a chance on Jesus. Have you ever thought that really faith is Jesus taking a chance on you? Have you ever thought, like, really, Jesus is taking a chance on you? Jesus is taking a chance that we will obey And we'll take that step of faith even in the midst of that. And this is so cool. So if we want to begin a relationship with God and become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, if that's what we want, it will always require faith. And I don't know what your step of faith is today, but we're here to take a step of faith. Jesus took a chance on him. Do you know what God's love language is? God's love language is obedience. You know, we did, and there's, it's a well-known concept. There's five basic love languages, quality, time, and, and acts of service. And we all get fixated on what our love language is. I think we ought to get fixated on what Jesus' love language is. What's his love language? If you love me, obey my commandments. Really simple, right? If you love me, obey what I give you to do. That, how about we start speaking Jesus' love language? Whatever you ask me to do, God, count me in. See, that's a step of faith. Faith, or, faith is counterintuitive to our natural tendencies. Sometimes if, you, if, 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 if you're missing the fervor and the faith in the next step of God, we just got to go back to the last thing God asked us to do and do that. What's the last thing that you know God wanted you to do? Do that. Do that. And sometimes it's see, this isn't, we're, we're, we're so fixated on the big things. How about we just take care of the little things? Like, like, let me, I'll just give you a practical example. Last week, um, taught on on marriage here. And um, and I'm so, so excited that over 30 couples right here at White Oaks signed up to be mentored. And, and, and it's gonna take a little bit of time, but we're gonna get to you. We're going to make a plan. We're going to deliver the plan. It's going to be good. Just so be patient. We'll work together on that. So I'm playing tennis yesterday. I told my wife I would leave to come home at 4 o'clock. I heard those oh boys out there, okay. And so it was, it was 3.58. And I was calculating how many more games I could get in. And I says, I don't know if I can finish. And she goes, well, what, you got to get home? And I go, no, I I gave my word that I would leave at 4 o'clock. So I did what anybody would do. I texted my wife and asked her if I could stay. Because I just wanted to finish. It was going to take like 10 more minutes. And so I texted her, I waited, and he he goes, why are you doing that? I says, because I, I, I gave my word, and I'm trying to keep, I'm really trying, I'm trying to keep my word. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm being honest with you. And she it back, absolutely fine, no problem. You know, I just got home, you know, sure, I'll see you at home. And I said, let's, let's go, now we can finish. But see, what I'm saying is, that was a step of faith. That wasn't control, that was a step of faith and a step of trust. And what I'm trying to tell you is, it's all spiritual. It's all spiritual, and we got to take steps together to get there. Are you with me? That's what I'm talking about here. See, we try to feel our way into commitment rather than to commit our way into feeling. I'm trying to feel my way into commitment rather than just, I'm gonna commit my ways to God and then the feelings will catch up. Well, Pastor, what if the feelings never catch up? Well then just keep obeying. Are, are you with me? Like that's the key here. So, so, see, our faith in God in obedience. Our faith is not a drug to sedate us through a life with Jesus we can't stand. Our faith in God was meant to be a life of exhilarating highs and lows and everything in between. That's faith, and that's what we're seeing here. It's like, okay, I'm going to do it here. And most of us are trying to get to a place where we don't need faith anymore and we can be self-sufficient. And we will never have growth in Christ of becoming more like Christ when we're more self-sufficient. What I'm working on is becoming more Jesus-sufficient. There's a difference. And the very things sometimes that challenge us are the very things bringing me to maturity verse 6. And this time, so they go out, and, 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 and Peter says, okay, at your word. And he says, at this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. And a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. So first of all, Peter goes out with his friends, and they start fishing. And they get so many fish. Are you tracking this? That their boat's beginning to sink. And they're yelling to their partners, hey, come help us out. We got too many fish. What a great problem. Because those fish meant money. Are you with me? And so here they go, and they're saying, come over with us, help us. They had partners. And so what we need to do is we need to partner up. If we want to have growth in Christ, we need to partner up. And who are we partnering with? Who's sharing in this with us here? Listen. And whoever told you that God would never give you more than you could handle, they lied. He would never give us more temptation than we could handle. But God has always given me more than I can handle. Constantly here, never stops. But it's out in the deep here, and there's so many fish, and there's so many things happening that we need partners. Now, let me tell you what this means right now here at Bridge City Church in White Oak. Do you like this cool shirt that I'm wearing? Bridge City Church Kids. First of all, I want to honor and recognize everybody out there that serves in kids' ministry. Where are you at? Come on, give them a big hand. I see those shirts. Very good. Very good. These are heroes. Now listen, this is the deal, church. We have so many fish upstairs where the kids are. We need some partners that are willing to go and help with the fish upstairs. We will train you. You say, I'm not good at fish kids. Kid Fish. We will help you. We will train you. See, right now, what we're trying to do is on April 24th, after, after Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, we're going, to, we're going to provide kids' ministry at both the 9 and the 1045. So everybody clap, and I'm going to tell you what you're really clapping for. So that means... Some of you get the opportunity to join the team. You too can own a sweatshirt. And I know what some of you are thinking how much is it? $25, $30? No, it's going to cost you your entire life. Why would we charge you money when we can extract it from your flesh? It's a joy. It's a privilege because the faith of God, I said it earlier, is inconvenience and sacrifice. Right? And it's a joy. And somebody challenged me and says, well, how did you get a shirt? Well, I've served in kids ministry several times over the last couple of years. So I got one because I earned it. They says, oh, I just thought you got one because you're the pastor. Well, I kind of am teaching the big kids right now, but that's a different story, okay? What I'm trying to say is, who here today, and I'm going to challenge some men here today. Because typically, children's ministry is dominated by women. And I'll be honest with you. We do want predominantly all women in the nursery age. Because when new people come in here, then they bring their little babies back there. I don't want them to see some of you guys. I love you, but we don't want you, you like, Okay. I'm just saying. I ain't judging. Just saying. Yeah. Now, when it comes to like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, they need some men they can look to and say that this isn't just a church isn't a female thing. It's a male thing. It's a man thing. And we love to step up. And we love to deliver that. Are you with me now? So I'm challenging you today. I'm inviting you. I'm giving you a calling, male and female, would you consider being a part of a really cool, awesome team that's building the church of 2050? No, I'm asking you, would you consider? Would you consider, please, we will train you. We will help you. We will equip you. We will do everything possible for you. But we want to get you there. So you're going to run over to what we call connection point right there. And you're going to say, if you don't sign me up for kids ministry today, I'm going to find another church. We will sign you up. We will, we will help you. No, I'm serious. Who, no, don't raise your hand, but who will respond to the call? Who? The answer to this solution is in, in here right now. Right here, right now. God's given us what we need. But I'm asking you, would you give one Sunday a month to serve on a team and make a huge difference? A huge difference in lives and in families. That's just one practical way we can respond here. Are you with me now? I just want to say this. Pastor Nick, he was trained for ministry, serving in kids' ministry. He and Rachel served together. Never never complained about it, never whined about it, never says, I want the big kids. When do I get the big kids? Nope. Made a, made a great impact in lives. Just willing to go back and learn and serve and be trained and equipped and learn a Bible verse and how you can do it and how you can pass it on. I commend that. And so I'm just asking you to follow his lead. I'm asking you to follow his lead. Jesus has given an invitation. Would you follow Pastor Nick's lead? See, people ask all the time, well, I know you're going to come up, and, and Pastor Nick shared so beautifully. If many of you are going to come up here. I know it's going to happen. You're going to say, oh, Pastor Nick, what can I do for you? If I can do anything for you, I'll just let me know, Pastor Nick. I just want to help you. I just want to serve Pastor Nick, you're so great. So let me answer the question for him. Whatever... Serving Bridge City kids. There we go. Would you, would you, would you, would, whatever you are, if you are serving on a team, be the most faithful to that team. But would you consider making a big difference? So if you want to know what you can do, we just answer it. Besides, pray. Besides getting on a team, now many of you here today, you're not, even, you're not even a part of the church. That's cool. You're dipping your toe in the water. You're seeing if it's for you. I get it. Not a problem. That's what happens. But I'm inviting you to go to next steps, what we call next steps. Learn about the church. Learn about how you can take your next step. Learn about how you can become a part. You say, kids, I just, pastor, you don't want me with kids. Okay, we will find a place for you. I'm serious. We'll find a place for you. Are you with me? See, let's, let's take these steps together. That's what we're going to do together. It takes faith. Verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. Do you notice he didn't repent for being a bad fisherman. He repented and he confessed his sin. See, when you encounter God, when God shows up, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can't help but just begin to confess. That's what encounters with Jesus do. You just naturally fall down. I'm I'm a sinner, Jesus. I've encountered you, Jesus. That's as I want to be with you, Jesus. That song we sang, I'm desperate for you, Jesus. I just want more of you, Jesus. Come on. That's a good prayer. That's a good song. And that's our hearts here. See, and so, So I want to let you know, it wasn't failure that Peter was responding to. See, if success, and that's really what happened, success in Christ, if success humbles you, then failure will build you. If success makes you arrogant and prideful on your own of, look what you did, then failure will destroy you. See, what humbles us is success in God. Caring about my wife yesterday, something little, but just, you know, just that little thing. That was success. It humbled me. It didn't make me arrogant. Because that way, when I fail, I can be built up. And we get this confused sometimes. See, success in Christ is what he wants me to do. Success in Christ is what he's asking of me. It's a confession of sin here. God is building us up for a big moment here. In verse 10, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So here, one moment, Peter's just a fisherman standing on the edge here. I believe he began, this relationship of obedience, he began going through here. He moves in. He obeys Jesus. He goes into the deep. He casts his nets. He catches fish. He shares them with his partners because we all need partners in our life, right? We all need a group. Are you with me? And so then he goes here. He says, don't be afraid. Now I'm going to make you into something. You're going to become something now. Can I give you a revelation? Jesus doesn't just want you to do something. He wants us to become something. Because when I become a man of God, and I become the man of God that he wants me to be day by day, I become a better husband and a better father. Naturally, it happens. I'm not just trying to do something husbandly things and do this and do that and do do this and do that and regulations and rules I'm becoming more like Jesus every day how about you See we become fishers of men and he becomes a part of the grand mission that he has Now what does this mean I I want to declare to you today here on April 3rd 2022 I want to declare to you, it's fishing season. Now, I remember fishing season all the time as a kid. My dad, every time fishing season came, everything stopped. And we got out the fishing gear and we we got it together. And and then the first weekend of fishing, we would go away. We would go somewhere. This would be a big deal. It was a big deal. So, I want to declare to you that over the next couple weeks, it's fishing season. And I want to commission you to be a fisher of men. How are you going to do that? On your way out today, there's going to be a couple invitations that you're going to have. One is, is for Good Friday. We are going to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. We're going to remember this in a very sober-minded way. A very somber time of remembering this the sacrifice the cross the spear the crown of thorns uh, the, the the money that was exchanged we're going to remember these things i want you to go and invite as many friends as you have to this because we're not going to give up on them because god never gave up on us and the people that invited us here never gave up on us so we're not going to give up on them and then on easter sunday 9 10:30 and 12 noon we're going to 9 come on 10.30 and 12.00, noon, three times we're going to gather together right here. And I'm asking you, would you become a fisher of men and invite people to c- come here? You're going to get these on your way. I want you to invite as many friends as you can. And last but not least, we're going to have the, the kids uh, event from 11 to, 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 to 1 p.m. 11 a.m. To, to 1 p.m. on Saturday the 16th. See, these are, it's fishing season, church. It's fishing season. Are we going to respond to fishing season with me? Are you ready? Could you stand to your feet with me today? Now, I don't know where you are with God, but there's some next steps we can take with faith today. There's some simple next steps here about beginning a relationship with God. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But some of you are here, you have a relationship with God, and um, it's time to partner with Jesus, partner up with Jesus. Get back to partnering. Get back to, like, I'm just going to go back to a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And then some of us, we're going we're to help fish for men. you with me? Gonna, how many of y'all going to help fish? Fish. Come on. How many of y'all going to go fishing with me? Come on. I've been inviting people, praying for people. I'm going to do it. It's not my job to bring them. It's Jesus' job. My job is just to give the invitation. My job is to bait the hook and put it in the water. I can't make a fish get on that hook on my best day. Trust me, I've tried. Are you with me? But we put, we put that out and let, then we see what we're going to catch. Okay, this is the deal. How many of y'all commit to take your next step with Jesus? You're going to do one of those couple things there. Come on. Okay, let me speak to everybody here right now before we, so we're going to close up with a song. I don't know where you are with Jesus today. I don't know where you are. But I want to ask you a question. I believe that Peter had a significant day. He became a fisher of men. If you don't have a specific day, a moment, or time when you've responded and you said yes to the call of invitation of God, there's a good chance you don't have a relationship. But I want to offer you a relationship. I want to offer you today to begin that relationship. In Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, Listen, if you openly declare Jesus, if you openly declare Jesus, this wasn't meant to be private. It was meant to be personal. If you openly declare, I'm a follower of Jesus. Come on. and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, oh my goodness, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from eternal damnation, but saved from yourself here on earth. Saved from your own flesh. Saved from your own destruction. Aren't you happy about that? And then, so it's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that you too can be saved. And I want to give you an opportunity to openly declare, just like just like the, the um, apostle Paul was writing here, just like Jesus asked Peter, to openly declare Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future a life of faith which is exhilarating and heart-pounding and exciting and full of challenge and great things. Why wouldn't I want to offer this to you? So right now in this moment, God, I pray for every person here. If there's anybody here today, God, that doesn't have a day, a moment, or a time, Lord God, when they began that relationship, God, would today be their day by the power of the Holy Spirit? God, I ask you, God, in heaven, to move today on our behalf. And now I'm switching. I'm talking to you that are in this room. If you don't have a day, a moment, or time, but you'd like today to be yours, Jesus, forgiver of my past, leader to my future. didn't say, do you believe in God? Demons in hell believe in God. No, did you transfer the trust of your life to God? Where he becomes your everything not just yourself. If that's you today, I just want you to openly declare. If you've never done that, or you're just saying, I need to come back home, I just want you to openly declare. Just flip up your hand, we'll pray for you right where you are, right now, anybody at all here today. Anybody, thank you very much. Thank you. Anybody else today? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else want in on this deal? anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, now let's all pray out loud. Let's all openly declare. Say, Father God, I repent of all my sin. Forgive me, Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, to be my leader, to be my guide, to take me into my future in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God a great big hand now. Come on, thank you God. Now